Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Hotline Monday. That's right. For the 8th of uh, August 2016, I'm Scott Johnson with uh, Justin Robert Young, who's in an airport. What's going on? Yeah, Indianapolis International Airport. It is big, it is bright, it is clean, it is new, and it does not have a United Club, which means it's my least favorite airport in America. What's why? Do they just United not welcome there, or what's the problem? What's going on? I don't know. You want to know what? Everybody write your congressman, especially if you live in Indiana, and just say that, listen, there's only one issue. I have a single issue voter, which is why doesn't Justin get to go to the United (laughs) Club at the Indianapolis International Airport? When you do that, do they give you drinks? Is it free? Like, what's the benefit of having that? Yeah, there's an open bar, but more specifically for this particular show, there is immaculate Wi-Fi and uh, conference rooms. So they they cater to the idea that there are very busy businessmen who need to do conferences while they're on their layovers, right? But I was going to use it and have in the past used it for, you know, doing podcasts where we, you know, talk about whether or not you would, you know, bang the Enchantress from Suicide Squad. (laughs) Oh well, hey, uh, do you so okay. So before we get too deep into this, uh, yeah, two two quick things, folks. We haven't been on for a while. Justin's been all over the country. We could talk about that for an entire episode, but we probably won't. But we're gonna we can s- save that for TMS. Yeah, we'll save that for tomorrow. But we're going to talk today instead about uh, this notion that Star Wars is coming to the small screen to television, and what that yeah. means. Very interesting stuff, I think. Well, and you know, we we've certainly had a. Uh, you know, the, the, the pathway of a Star Wars television show has kind of been a tortured one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, famously, George Lucas was very much looking to create a Star Wars television show back in the era of the prequels, in which we now know as the latter days of Lucas's ownership of the property. Yeah. Um, he famously had a, uh, a writing staff, including some really good writers, uh, write uh, at least treatments, if not full scripts, for 100 episodes, which was what he was looking for, a commitment for 100 episodes of a Star Wars television show. Do these exist which, in any accessible way? Can I get a hold of these early scripts, or is this... Uh, no, okay. although apparently a lot of what they wanted to do wound up getting turned into uh, the, the video game that I don't think was released, the, like, 5150... Oh, um, yeah. The, the Coruscant video game that was apparently where a lot of the uh the the ideas for that went but now hope springs eternal Mm. because abc at their upfronts mentioned that uh when somebody just threw up the hail mary of like hey man when we're gonna get a star wars television show because now uh that you know disney fully owns uh lucasfilm that uh, the head of ABC said, hey, look, it's something that we really, really want to do. And here's the tantalizing part, boys and girls. There have been early discussions between ABC and Lucasfilm. Really? Okay. So this is the studio owned by, it's a subsidiary of Disney, uh, as as is Lucasfilm. And so uh, why not? Because they did that with their Marvel property stuff. So why not bring some stuff to the small screen? I have Lots of controversial questions about that that I'm okay. hoping you can help answer. Before, Go. Before we get to any of it, though, a reminder, if you would like to be a part of today's show, the whole point of Hotline Monday is the hotline part, 801-895-4724. I will add you to the call. You can ask any question you want. We'd like to keep it close to Star Wars if we can. But if you've got other questions, that's fine, too. We'll take all comers. 801-895-4724. It's up on the screen if you're watching live. If you're listening via Alpha Geek Radio, that number again. 801-895-4724. My first question right up front. 
Go. Oh, and at the end of the show, we'll let Justin talk about Suicide Squad, which he saw not like a half hour ago or something. Yeah, I just I just walked out of Suicide Squad. I haven't seen it, but I don't care about spoilers, so I'm fine with you talking about it. Uh, yeah, I don't think that the movie cares a lot about spoilers either. So. I don't need, yeah, I, I didn't, that was my impression before, and now that you've seen it, I, I believe that even more so. I'm going to go tomorrow, we're going to spend five bucks a ticket, I'm going mm-hmm. cheap, because, good lord, the reviews are bad, and sometimes yeah, I'm swayed hey, by, by such way, things. Yeah, Indianapolis AMC IMAX on a Monday at 1.45, go ahead and guess the price on that ticket. Uh, eight fifty. Twelve dollars and forty-five cents. Holy shit. That's too much. Yeah. Wait. I mean, I was like, I, I, had, I had kind of sticker shock on it. But anyway, go ahead. All right. Question uh, number so, one. Actually, you know what? Let's take a, our first caller. He's calling in so nicely and okay. quickly. Here, hi. Good morning. Who's this? Or afternoon. Who's this? Hey, this is Jordan from Ohio. How are you guys Hey, doing? Jordan. Good, man. How are you? What up, J-Dog? I am, I am fantastic. So I, uh, at, when I first heard about the Star Wars TV show idea, I was kind of apprehensive because... I, I think they have a really, really good thing going with these live cartoons, not these live cartoons, but the cartoons themselves. I've watched every episode of The Clone Wars, which is really slow. The first couple of seasons have gotten great. And Rebels, I think, has just been um, an amazing success all the way through. But when I got thinking about the show and what they could do with it, I mean, they've got guys like Dave Filoni, um, who has just been a brilliant mastermind behind all of the cartoons, yeah. keeping all the lore really tight and Pablo Hidalgo um, and some other people who are doing all of the great lore work for the books, the movies, keeping all that tight. As long as they keep these same guys working on the show, um, as long as Dave Filoni's consultant, Pablo's consultant, and all the, the amazing women that are working on it, as long as they're all consulted, I think no matter what they do, it is going to be a fantastic success. It may not be the greatest show in the world, but lore-wise and tying the entire galaxy together, I think it'll be grand. All right, so Justin, the... We don't know who's show running yet. That's a big who knows. Well, we don't know. I mean, number, let, let, let's get this little bit, this news nugget out there. Yeah. Uh, there is always a greater chance that there will never be a show compared to there being a show. The only reason why we are excited about this and talking about it is because a random reporter asked a random question and the answer was not flatly, we'd love it, but we there's been no talks. It was, we love it. There have been some talks. Yeah. So, all like, right. We have no idea who's going to do it and whether or not it'll be good or not. Because for my money, and I know that that uh, you know it's not, you know, the most popular. I would much rather see something closer to what, let's say, I mean, because Marvel has been the template that Star Wars is following. Sure. I would I would be very happy if we never saw the Star Wars version of Agents of Shield. Yeah, you I know, don't want I that. I don't either. think that that show is very good. I don't want that uh, either. Yeah, I'm... but I would love mm-hmm. the Star Wars version of daredevil i would love the star wars version of jessica jones i would love the star wars version of, of what they've done on netflix so I, I think that there there are always good and bad ways to do it um but i would very much prefer uh you know something that was taken a little bit more seriously and could go in a different direction. so let's break that what that means down real quick if it's if what you were looking for is something akin to what they pulled off with netflix are you asking for a grittier more adult take on the star wars universe uh, which is something I don't know Disney will ever do. Well, I mean, you know, Daredevil is certainly ultra violent, mm-hmm. but you know, that's really in some of the visual flourishes. If you just left it as an action show and you didn't show like a skull going through a spike in the first episode, <laughs> um, you know, then then you could tame that down to be network television fairly easily. It's not like you know Matt Burdock is is you know uh, dropping panties all around Hell's Kitchen and just there's just mad boobies all around, right? <laughs> um, 
Yeah. I do think that, uh, although he is portrayed as a bit of a ladies' man. Yeah, um, he is, and there's more of that in Jessica Jones. Like, there's plenty of that in there. Yeah, yeah, no, she's, but that's, but it's still, it, it's networky. Like, it's like them kissing passionately, and then, you know, she takes off her shirt, and you can see her bra, and then it's, you know, meanwhile, the next morning. Yeah, you're um, right. There's a bit of that. That's true. So. They got a little, they got a little humpy in one scene in the first season. They got a little humpy. A little humpy. Yeah. They did, they did, they did the humpty dance. Um, (laughs) and it was their chance to do the hump. That's right. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I I don't know if I need it to be crazy violent. I don't know if I need it to be crazy sweary. What I do like about both of those shows compared to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is just solid character work and solid lore. I think what the caller said was, was great. Like, Hone in on the lore. The lore is what's important. Uh, furthering these characters, making us care, setting up these stakes, and putting them in the unique situations that decades of these stories have at least laid the framework for. What what we see now as we enter an era of you know really high quality movies and and uh, certainly the golden age of television is that you can take these thumbnails of stories and make them something bigger and better and more than what they were just in the comics and that's what's exciting to me about a star wars so do we so do we base okay so that was going to be my big inaugural question here which was exactly that what are we talking about are we talking about familiar character spinoffs are we talking about whole cloth new stories and characters the only real commonality is they exist in the universe are we trying to accept or avoid the idea of hey this happens while jabba's in charge of tatooine or Hey, you know who's uh, the vamp? Uh, you know the I don't know, like some other dumb connection to one of the movies or some one of the time periods, or can they just go just as new as you can go? Jedi's wear robes, that's fine. They got well, the sabers. Dudes shoot blasters. Done. I mean, look, look, look at it like this. I want it to be Better Call Saul. If okay. if they're going to use the existing lore, when when Better Call Saul first debuted. There was all these rumors of like, oh, they're going to have a cameo by Jesse Pinkman. They're going to have a cameo by Walter White, yada, yada, yada. And it's like, this is supposed to take place before, uh, you know, uh, Jimmy, the main character, becomes Saul Goodman. And it's kind of his Mm -hmm. origin story a little bit. So it's like, and that kind of would have been a little forced. But now that you've gotten two seasons into it, and it's very much its own show, and they've had a few touches from Breaking Bad kind of come back, I would like to see Jesse show up. I would be curious to see what that show would do with Walter White if he were to come at, at some point through the universe. So, like, if, if you're going to do the lore, I just want them to have it be a fun little treat and not the point of the show. I agree. Uh, Peter Fisher on the line, always with, here with an opinion. What do you think? I think that maybe the storyline they should go with is there was a couple of novels about the hand of the... Hand of the Empire or whatever. It was a, a rogue group of stormtroopers that actually was linked with the Mara Jade storyline. Mm-hmm. That might be a good thing, but I sort of worried that it might turn into like a A-team type storyline. Mm, like the villain of the week stuff. Okay, so P- Peter, you bring up a good point, and Justin, let me throw this to you. Okay. Is this an opportunity, despite what we just said about fresh new characters... Is this an opportunity for them to... To bring fur- back a ton of old well, characters. Well, yeah, to, to further dip back into the extended fiction that is no longer canon and bring back Mara Jade and bring back, you know, whatever popular thing. Rebels is getting thrown uh, and maybe beyond. I don't know. Starkiller base showed up in the new movie, but that's technically an extended fiction thing. Uh, what 
do you think that's a well to pull from and is that too is that too uh you know fan servicey no i mean i think doing it just because you think that the fans want to see it is bad mm-hmm. like because then you are basically surrendering the idea that you could have something original now the idea that it could be something special um you know that that, that it could be something really really rad uh along with those ideas, I think are totally fine. If you have somebody that really believes that you can tell a, a story with Mara Jade that will go 70 episodes, um, then that's cool. But that's, you know, the best television ideas and not movie ideas. And this is always the problem, especially on you know network television lately. They always come out with these, you know, uh, TV show ideas that are movie ideas. It's yeah. like, you got to go back and stop Hitler. And then it's like, really, we're going to do that for 70 episodes. We're going to like, always like, he's going, nah, missed me coppers. I'm, I'm off to do more Hitlering. Right. Um, like, no, that's going to be stupid there. You, you, you have to have something that has some durability. Like that's why procedurals make sense because mm-hmm. cops always have to catch bad guys. Lawyers always have to try cases. Doctors always have to solve patients. So, you know, you, what you want to do is have, a a kind of story that allows for some breathing room. So for me, I would love to see a a bounty hunter series. Mm. Not not bounty hunter, um, smuggler. Mm. Do a smuggler series, you know, and and that way you can go to all the different worlds. It's not going to be forced for you to go to Tatooine. It's not going to be forced for you to go to Jakku. You know, you can, you can have this be a lot more natural than you would otherwise. Um, And it's, it's something that we want to see. I agree. Uh, Garrett Weinzerl on the line, fresh from CreateCon. You oh, both, you both hey, still, what do you say? Let's let, let's talk about Star Wars. You're huh? both you're <laughs> both still sw- sharing sweat from an event. So what's going on, Garrett? Uh, hello, boys. Ooh, listen to that deep and hey, homie, what's going on? What's up, man? I think you uh, I think you guys already landed on the answer, which is I don't think there's necessarily one right way to do it. There are a million stories you could tell. They could be adult. They could be family friendly. I don't really care. I just want it to be good. Okay, now, okay, so you're. You have a podcast uh, that you co-host with Jenny Josephson and Tom Merritt, all about Star Wars. And so I'm, I know that the opinions there have been flying. You guys have had plenty to say. Mm-hmm. Here's my question for you: Can this? Can they go genre with this? Meaning, can they make this like? I don't want to say CSI Coruscant, but as an example, can this just be on some planet where someone's in charge of keeping the freaking peace and? That's the story, and the characters revolve around that. Because as trite as that sounds, it sounds kind of good to me. Like, I kind of want that. So can they go like a genre? Can they make it a heist series? Can they make it a detective series? Can they make it something like that and just layer it with, uh, you know, Star Wars in the same way that Civil War was a 70s spy thriller, you know, frosted with icing that looked like superheroes? Do you know what I mean? I think you absolutely could. And I, and I would argue that we've had solo episodes of series like the Clone Wars that have been exactly that. Hmm. That's a good point. No pun intended I mean, with the solo mention, though. I know. I know ah, you. you. <laughs> but like, wouldn't like for in a, in a weird way, like Justin's suggestion that a smuggler series would be good seems uh, like like Han Solo, the little offshoot story they're doing for the film may have been better served in a format like this. In the young Indiana Jones was actually a pretty good show. And why not young Han Solo adventures on TV? That would have worked for me. Or is that? Yeah, I, is, I mean, well, well, here's here's the one thing that I think is is going to be hard is that 
the problem that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of immediately ran into is the fact that it's a Marvel story that is theoretically as close to our heroes in the movies as possible. You know, our heroes in the movies work with, you know, for or against S.H.I.E.L.D. and they have for five films, right? In Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., okay, these are people who are in the same organization and yet they're never seen in the movies and the movie actors, except for maybe Sam Jackson in a cameo, are never seen on television. And that's always going to hamper the success of that show uh, because you're always going to be asking, where's Thor, where's Iron Man, where's the Hulk? I would love considering, uh, you know, as Garrett pointed out, we're now exploring two gigantically different time frames that we have in these movies. Just pick a time frame, pick a, a location where, you know, every once in a while you can maybe have, uh, you know, a, a, a famous person or character come into the orbit. But, you know, by and large, just the, the, the world is, is so gigantic and it's so rich. Like you can find a good story. Mm-hmm. So do you do you and Garrett? Before we let you go, here's your final question. Since you're uh, listen, you're a, you're a Star Wars fan of some renown, so I don't I don't have a problem asking you this. Do we want to get into that territory though? That is like Star Trek Deep Space Nine. It's like a total departure. We're going a different direction. It's not like the other Star Trek, you know, because they're actually on a station, which is literally the word for stationary. And you're there and you can't move. That is the polar opposite of a ship that explores the stars. Yet most people, or I should say many people, consider DS9 to be some of Trek's finest work. Uh, but it wasn't the biggest rating success as compared to TNG and the more mainline stuff. Is it possible to take Star Wars into a place that's a little bit more daring, a little bit more off the hook, and still appeal to the core audience? I, I think absolutely. Uh, I mean, I'm thinking, uh, think of most of the, I know you're a big Western fan, Scott. Think oh, yeah. of your favorite Westerns. I think of something like Deadwood. Why couldn't we have Star Wars Moss Eisley, which is of similar, I'm not saying uh, cuss every two seconds and, <laughs> and, and show me a lot of boobs and wieners, but uh, Just wieners. I, like find a town that has enough going on in it mm-hmm. that it's it's fine that if this is the only thing if we never leave this planet if yes it is in the Star Wars universe but we're on this planet or we're out, we are on this ship I don't see any reason why that couldn't work I would watch that I would watch the hell out of that that you just mentioned that would be my thing thank you Garrett for being with us um, all right so man hey, let's all right let, let let let's go ahead and take this from the other end though. all right do you have any faith that ABC will do this well? Uh, no. Um, well, What's all right. the last ABC show that you watched week in and week out? I can't name you one. I, I really can't remember one. Maybe but they did they have Boston? Lost? Did they have Boston Legal? Was that them? Sure. Okay. But, but, but that ended, I think, before Lost was. Well, over. the so one. You would, but the so one that you, did you not watch Lost? <laughs> no, I watched Lost. But what's what's the one that had Shatner in it? Because that was after Lost. Boston Legal. Uh, yeah, Boston Legal. That was after Lost or during, wasn't it? Maybe the end of it was during. Yeah, maybe. I forget who came first or who ended last. But uh, no, I, okay, let's say it's lost because that was like every Wednesday, TV's on, let's go. No one's DVR in this. We're watching this as it happens. Yeah. Uh, no, so, absolutely. yeah, it's been a while. Oh, I, I will agree. Um, but, but it's not so much that their you know, pedigree sucks or anything. I just think that Disney and everybody's going to be too careful, same way they are with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And too careful doesn't work for me anymore. I see things like I'm in the middle. I know I'm a little late, but I'm watching uh, Mr. Robot season one, and it, mm-hmm. I was not prepared for that thing was so overhyped to me, and people were so like, "You're gonna love it. You gotta watch it. This is the greatest thing ever." And I was like, "Okay, enough, everybody. I'll watch it. Let's see. 
we talked about watching it on here and getting caught up and everything. So I watched it finally three or four episodes in and it's way better than the hype meter told me it even was. I'm in love with it. It's insane how good it's so good. And every time it says USA network presents, I just about poo because I can't the believe it's the true. same network. And, and, and you guys know how much I, I adore pro wrestling, but it shares a network with Monday night raw yeah. and SmackDown. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? And it has it's a, like, it's got a tear, you know, it's got a bad old, it's, it's, it's up all it, night. It, with it, it shares, it shares a network with Chris Lee knows best. <laughs> Exactly. So I, I I went in there just I don't know where my expectations were. They were kind of all over the place. But man, that thing is filling my pothole, no problem. So um, my point is that <laughs> every once in a while someone will surprise you. So you know we were talking about this on TMS this morning. AMC is a nobody. They they run reruns of you know old movies all day. Yeah. And then suddenly there's Mad Men and everyone goes, oh, my gosh, what the hell is this? AMC, American Movie Classics. What What's going on? I wanted to see, you know, The Hills Are Alive or whatever. What's that musical called? <laughs> what's called? Uh, the, the Sound of Music. The Sound of Music. I want to yeah. see that 11 times on a Saturday. I don't, I don't know what this original programming is, but it just, you know, completely changed the face of the network. And they've since gone on to do amazing work and continue to do so. Uh, and now we and think the of the walking dead. Yeah. And we, the walking dead and, and separate from the amazing work. Well, taking a shot here. I like bah, it. Bah, it's bah, just, bah, it's bah. not, it's, it's all right. Booyaka, booyaka. The show's not as bad as you think it is. It's all right. No, but anyway, not. here's the point. Point is now they're revered. People look at AMC and go, Oh yes, AMC. Yes. The, uh, the Americans and breaking bad. And they think of all this quality entertainment that came out of that, uh, that station, that channel. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe ABC could have their moment. Maybe this is their chance to go, hey, yo, we got Star Wars, son. Let's go a little further. We know it can't fail because it's Star Wars, so we don't have to be real careful and make make it bad and, and homogenous and squeaky clean. It can be, you know, we can push a few buttons here and make this something else. And like, why not? Like, I, All right. I could see that. Why not? Well, let me let me then put this out to the audience call in if you guys have a, a question or an answer for this and we'll start it out. Give me a show that you would like to say like blank but with Star Wars. Right? Like a show that has a feel, a tone, maybe even the actors but really I guess this is code for the showrunners. And I'm just going to take right off the top Joss Whedon. You can't say Joss okay, Whedon. Okay, Joss Whedon and, and Firefly are out. I was going to suggest right, the same yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah, right right there. We're just we're not we're not even doing that because we, we already have Firefly. Plus, right? yeah, yeah, that's plus Joss he, Whedon plus yeah, Star Wars. Plus he's, yeah, it's already Firefly. He already kind of did this, so yeah. I agree with you 100%. Let's see what this first caller says and then I'll give you my answer. Yeah, and we, and we already got Garrett Garrett saying Deadwood. With Deadwood but with Star Wars, all in. I, I would all be all in, in all on in. that. Yeah, even the part where someone has a kidney stone he has to pass. I don't even watch that part. It'd be fine. Uh, hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, this is uh, Nick in Omaha. Hey, Nick in Omaha. What's going on, man? <laughs> Hashtag TMS Kitty Poo. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> right on. Yeah, I started. I started a GoFundMe. It's not doing too good right now. But are we talking about Suicide Squad? No, yet? we're talking about Star Wars on TV. <laughs> what do you? <laughs> what do you? Uh, what do you think of Star Wars on TV? The whole idea. What would you do to make it happen? I, I so I've been I'm a big fan of the uh, of the books. I, I read them as a kid, and um, you know I'm excited to see uh, the the Grand Admiral show up and yeah. Rebels. Is it buggy? Um, is it buggy at all that he's showing up in a cartoon and not like a proper movie is. or something? Yeah, I, I was so when when they when I heard that they were doing the 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 a trilogy, 
you know, post Return of the Jedi, I was psyched. I was like, they're going to go right to the Timothy Zahn books, and they didn't. It was it was uh, it was a tragedy. Kind of a bummer, right? But at the same yeah, time, they can pick bummer. and choose, though. They can go and they can say. Yeah, we like Thrawn, we like Mara J, but we don't like those bug things or whatever they were called in those books. Those uh, grabber bugs or what were they called? The grabber? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like there is like Clone Mountain and everything is in there. I don't know. There's a lot of really good stuff, like the old crazy clone yeah, but, that's... Yeah, that's, yeah the crazy Joris the Boat, right? Or, I don't know. Yeah, he's getting, guarding the, the Spiardi cylinders. Man, that was dope. <laughs> anyway. Well, all right. So you make some good points. All right, so, let, yeah. Let me answer yeah. your question. So Deadwood, that's a lock. Totally in yeah. on that idea. Yeah. Um, I would be in on a mobstery themed Sopranos era or you know era type thing. Where so what, all right. So what do you what do you th- is that like uh, space mafia? Coruscant, space mafia. Space mafia is my favorite. One of my favorite ideas in all of science fiction. I love the idea of space mafia. People that are basically warlords. I do not. They don't all need to be huts. Okay. I don't need that necessarily. But I want. I, I I like the idea that huts are no. Involved. You want you want Chicago organized crime. In yeah, space. like they're of. eating a space steak and drinking space whiskey. Yeah, but one and one of them can be a hut. That's fine, but don't go yeah. too down the line with that. And I don't want anyone. You know, I, we they don't have to be all the tropes. Like they don't have to seem Italian and break bats over each other's heads when they find out they were snitches or whatever. I just I'd prefer that. I'd like it. <laughs> you know, but they still had Star Wars names. But right? it pull, like, but it pulls in your whole smugly thing. It pulls in my notion of like a, a heist, yeah. a heist sort of flavor to it. Like I'd be. I want. All up I want. In that. I want a a a, a, a Guidarino Spumoni, who uh, <laughs> is just the most stereotypical uh, Italian mobster, <laughs> just plopped in the middle of a Star Wars story. But what would he? But he'd be like, Hey, a, oh, you're breaking my bantha balls. <laughs> oh. I'm walking here. But he'd be he'd be a humanoid, right? Not like some blobulous. Uh, no, you know. a CGI, CGI. Now oh, I'm just writing the worst, holy one, the shit. worst possible, <laughs> the worst possible Star Wars. Yeah, if show. that's your question, we could really go down a hole. But, um, <laughs> I would love, I would love, yeah. Anybody who has their idea for terrible Star Wars show, we're looking for the best Star Wars show and the worst <laughs> Star Wars show here on Hotline Monday. So, but the idea of being hosed intrinsically hosed if you're on network TV is a tricky question for me because network TV has brought us some really amazing things over time and they've also completely blown it in lots of ways and are probably in the biggest period of blowing it they've ever been in. Well, I mean, like really just the the best shows that they have now are really procedurals, Mm -hmm. you know, because nobody else is really doing procedurals in terms of prestige television. Like there's, you know, USA does suits and stuff like that, or, you know, Royal Pains, where it's yeah, it's a doctor procedural in an interesting location. Suits is a well-told legal procedural. But other than that, you know, the biggest shows on network television are, you know, like the Shonda Rhimes shows, which are usually, you know, Grey's Anatomy and uh, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that, or, or Scandal, uh, or like, you know, The Good Wife. But all of those effectively revolve around a fairly regular churn of, like, government medical law enforcement legal yeah. you know like yeah. that that all that all goes there so i mean so let's maybe let's just think about it in there what what is the best recurring job in the star wars universe that Ooh. we could uh, okay that i like uh we have a caller let's see what they think hi who is this Ooh, you're crest you're all crusty you know weird you're going under a tunnel hello um, oh we lost him Oh man! Let's I try bet this you, one. Guidarino uh, uh, Spumoni has cut <laughs> off his uh, his life. Uh, we got another one right here. Hi, who's this? 
Hey, this is Greg from New Orleans. Hey, Greg from New Orleans. What's going what on up? in the hottest, most humid, freaking armpit of the world? How's that going down there for you? No, it's not. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I like it. My wife's from there. I can't. Dude, I can't talk too much smack. No, no internet wars. No internet wars. Uh, what's your take on this uh, this Star Wars thing? And then what what genre would you stick it in? All right. Uh, what if the new Star Wars TV show was like 24? Would right. you watch it? Yes. Yeah, I would. Like every, every you mean every season was structured like a oh no we got to hurry up the bomb's gonna go off like kind of time based. Uh huh. All right. Yeah, I'd watch that. Sure. Peter the Sutherland makes a guest star and he yells at Carrie Fisher. Damn it, Chloe! I want the code. <laughs> yeah, or it'd be droid. So then yell who at them. is then who is that though? Who's doing that job in the Star Wars universe? A super spy, like a like a. Oh, what if it's like the uh, the rebels or the bad guys? And yeah. you do it at the perspective of the as the Empire. Okay, all right. So it's the so the bad guys have got to. Uh, well, that's interesting. You're talking way anti-hero here because Star Wars is so two-dimensional that way. It's like good guys, bad guys, rebels. You know, Empire. It's pretty pretty much cut and dry. If you start to go all of this from the Empire's point of view, that's going to yeah. be a hard sell because the, the common. If, oh, but what if this is the longer form story, okay. right? Yeah. Of somebody who's an empire official right. on a, on some planet and maybe it's even you know the first couple seasons he is rising to power like he's in within the empire he can tell that they're maybe not the best people and he doesn't agree with all the politics you know all the way out in coruscant but here you know the empire gives money it gives food the rebels are the ones that are you know blowing up facilities and stuff like that to make a point but then over the course of the show this is really the story of how he became a rebel agent. I could see that. Um, it reminds me of Man in the High Castle and that open Fuhrer, what's his name, uh, from that lived in New York in that show. I don't want to. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see that. I don't want to spoil that show, that show, but you should watch that show, dude. Oh my gosh, how have you, Justin Robert Young, not seen Man in the High Castle? There's, well, because we're we're uh, past the point of asking why people haven't seen television. Uh, I guess shows, so. Right? But, There's but, just uh, so much good stuff. But that one is so oh, it's so up your cheese. You gotta you gotta watch that. All I right, know. I, I'm looking forward to it filling my pothole. <laughs> we have a caller on the line. Who is this, please? This is Cody. Hello, Cody. Oh, I think this is you from before, but you sound better. What's up, Codes? Hey, man. What's up? Uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, stop. I can only get so erect. <laughs> oh, he hung up on us already. <laughs> he just yeah, wanted no, to he leave. Should. That's he wanted, the best call we've ever gotten. He wanted to drop that bomb and then get the hell out. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would, I would love, 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 love. All right. So where does that, is that in Moss Eisley? Sure. Is that, uh, sure. No, no, it's actually at the bar next door to the weird short order cook from episode two in <laughs> Coruscant that, uh, you and McGregor, uh, you know, uh, is best friends with, uh, uh, bizarrely. I'd be all right with that. That sounds uh, all right to oh me. Oh my God. You are can't you, do, you, they're not doing a comedy though. There's no chance. Not a chance. They're doing a comedy for Marvel, aren't they? Yeah, but that's what, which one, who? They're doing some workplace comedy with Marvel in the Marvel universe. For real? For real. I haven't heard of this. What character? Yeah. What Marvel character are we talking about? I think it's like some division where they deal with superheroes, but they're just going to be, you know, like oh. it's going to be like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. But oh, oh with, my Lord. Really? Yeah. Okay. I had not heard about this. I will need to do some research. Uh, hi, caller. You're on the air. Who's this? Darren. D Darren. What's up, Darren? What up? Not too much. 
Uh, well, you asked for good and bad ideas. All right. Yes. So for a bad one, a show done in the style of the Sanford and Son <laughs> featuring the Jawas. That's amazing. And uh, yeah. for my good idea, yeah. I'm thinking of a show in the style of like Cowboy Bebop, the anime, yeah. featuring the bounty hunters. Oh, that's not bad. Although Be- Cowboy Bebop, you could argue, is kind of going down the route of the, uh, it's kind of the Joss Whedon route. Well, and also, let, let's just let's just knock it off with, with, with the cartoons, okay? Like, I mean, I, I, I like the cartoons. I'm not going to knock the cartoons. But whenever, I, I, they're just their own thing. Right, yeah. and I'm not saying that they're not entertainment. I'm just saying they're not live entertainment. No, they're, you're definitely right about that. that. You're not. I'm not going to get any argument from me. Hi, uh, there is a caller on the line. Who's this? Yeah, I, I do. I, I love. I love Sanford and Sons with the. Jawas. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> it's, it's the big one. Ooh, TD. Yeah, it's brilliant. They'd have to speak English, or, or would it all be subtitles? What would you Subtitled, do? Subtitled. Yeah. All right. Uh, listen, it'll sell great to foreign markets. <laughs> I'm sure it would. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Hi, this is Michael. Oh, hello, Michael. I uh, called three minutes ago. Oh, uh, yeah. Don't call uh, from your basement. Oh, yeah. Oh, crunchy. that was you that got all crunchy. All right, never mind. It's, you're fine. Yeah. Now you have great reception. I'm glad you came back. Yeah. So what's your thought? Um, what do you think? Are we still doing uh, uh, X but Star Wars? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay, so I'm not sure if had it already, but the obvious choice seems Game of Thrones. Mm. Oh, okay, interesting. A little more uh, sort of, we political. Got, we got a bit of this in the prequels, right, with the, the weird Senate stuff. I think you may have talked about this on CMS. Oh, um, we, we may have a little bit, yeah. But no, you know what? This isn't a bad line of thinking. There's going to be an Some people right now heard that and went, oh, yeah, that's just because it's big right now. But let's slow down for a second. Yeah. That's actually not a terrible idea. The idea no, of yeah, fighting. separate the one really terrible idea yeah. that we should never, ever, ever put the prequels in Game of Thrones in the same sentence ever again. <laughs> and, and let's just agree that that's something that should never be uttered in the English language. Yeah, it was a horrible error. Right, so let, but beyond that, uh, uh, let, let, can you proceed? Yes. yes. All right. Yeah. So, I, so, so, Michael, if you make a. I mean, are you talking like, all right, well, there's a lot of infighting in the Empire and a battle for power. And some of the people are really nasty, but you kind of feel for them a little bit in some ways, weirdly. Like, it's a, it's actually possible to have sympathy for Cersei Lannister or her brother or, or whatever. That sort of stuff, that kind of, um, I don't know. I don't know what you I call mean, that. But, what is you know, that? But, but, yeah. All right, so, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Because I, I do have some thoughts on this. All right. So, what do you yeah, So, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking basically, right, this, this allows you to get the, the, the really complex characters that Game of Thrones obviously has. But it sort of has the political intrigue. Um, which I think can be good in the Star Wars universe, and then also has you know the tons of really glorious, awesome fighting, which is already famous for you know, Star Wars. Sure, sure. No, I, I I don't think it's too bad of an idea, Justin. You were going to take take it from there. What, what else? So, you got? all right. There's a problem though that whenever we compare anything to Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. because Game of Thrones is obviously a show that no matter what you would want Star Wars to be because the best lesson the Game of Thrones has is like embrace your genre and uh, elevate it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like don't just rely on your tropes. There's fairly rarely in Game of Thrones, uh, you know, and, and when it's great effect when this does happen, is it just like, oh, the magic saved them, right? right. Like normally it's like, oh, you get stabbed in the gut, you die. Yeah. You know, somebody mm-hmm. wanted to kill you because they wanted your job. You die. Right. You know, like <laughs> it, it's not like, oh, but he had the, the, the sprig of the elderment in his pocket, which, <laughs> you know, triggered the uh, the scroll of the ancient. Um, so it takes fantasy and, and makes it something real and grounded. And if a good Star Wars television show specifically would very much have to be that. But on the other end, 
it's hard to compare Game of Thrones to anything because it's just so exquisitely written. Yeah. You know? And so it's like to say, oh, it should be like Game of Thrones. It's like, yes, I would also love to be one of the best written shows that juggles the most amount of characters and the most complex lore in a way that is accessible to my mom as well as you know, the most nerdy person on the planet. I got an answer to that for you. That is, uh, I think Vikings is that. Um, it is. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard good things. Yeah, Vikings is this really great mix of accessibility and. Um, but is is that fantasy? I mean, like is, it's not is, fantasy. You're, yeah, I mean, it kind of is. There's some like some supernaturally stuff that's suggested a lot and things like that. And so it it plays pretty hard on the whole Viking lore thing. But it's not the same as there but are like, dragons like here. Thor doesn't like come down. No, from no, no, no. Asgard. No, right? no, like, none of that. None of that. Yeah. So, so, know. but, but, see, that's, but maybe that works in its favor because the stuff in Star Wars is oh, accepted, yeah. right? Well, but I mean, at, at the same time, yeah. But, but that is one of those things where it's like they they will not do well with a Star Wars television sh- television show if they are ashamed of their sci fi roots, right, right? right? And they will also similarly fail. If they're just like, eh, put some lightsabers in it. And, uh, you know, every every episode, somebody uses the force to uh, pull the salt over. And, you know, like, you, like that'll be stupid. If it's just the tropes, yeah. then it will fail because it won't be interesting. And similarly, if it's just kind of a regular show, it'll fail. And that's what Game of Thrones gets, is that it's like, no, it's 80% a show that could probably take place in the White House. But it's also 20% a show that is like super neckbeard fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just the right amounts of whatever the hell it is to make it work like it does. By the way, someone just sent over the the, uh, the hot theme for our Jawa uh, thing. Here it is. Okay. Oh, it's very similar to the to the idea. Oh my gosh, it's almost identical to the Sanford and something. Well, yeah. I don't know. I, I think we'd get in trouble if we use that. If we do the rest of that. Yeah, yeah that is uh, that is going to be a... a <laughs> Uh, an UTC desist. <laughs> an UTCDC. Yeah, UTCDC. That's amazing. All right, we're gonna take one more call uh, before we get into some spoiler territory about Suicide Squad. Hi, who's this? Hey guys, it's Gabe. How are you guys hey, doing? Hey Gabe, good Gabe. to talk to you, man. Gabe from San Francisco, right? What's up, homie? Yep. Look at me. So, but, um, so what about uh, like a True Detective esque? Star Wars TV show or miniseries or something like that. Mm, like Fargo, like a like an anthology. Yeah. Interesting. That has not been suggested yet. I wonder. See, network TV would look at that and go, "Oh, I don't know." And cable no, would look at it what? and go, "They yeah. did. They've done more miniseries lately. Yeah. They've done more event kind of stuff. Like I think was it? Uh, did Gallivant start off as that? Like they've, they've done limited run, more limited run stuff, but I do really like that. Here's the only problem okay. is that as good as those are, they're only really, you're only at your most advantageous for that. If you can way overcast them. Mm. So it's like, you would want to get people that don't do television shows to do a 10 episode Star Wars miniseries event. Because okay. otherwise, there's no reason since you own all the IP to not just have it be an ongoing thing and build an actor that's not as well known into a big star. Right. But it's like you you need to get like, you know, although that, that line has kind of pared down a little bit on, on who does TV and who doesn't. 
but this would be like you know jennifer lawrence stars in the 10 episode um star wars thing right you know? or maybe i mean someone more realistic would be like you know people who were hot you know five years ago mm-hmm. but haven't really had a hit you know yeah no look look at uh christian slater and mr robot holy crap if i've found a new place for him in my life yeah, uh, I, do, I mean, he's just doing some of his best work. It's incredible. Show. I would argue he's doing his best. He's doing his best work. Period. I don't. I can't think of something else I liked him better. And so, let's not forsake Gleaming the Cube. Oh, come on, Gleaming the Cube is garbage. Did you listen? This there was a cube, and then by the end of it, we gleamed it. It was <laughs> Chekhov's cube. Yeah, it's pretty good. All right, we have a little. Uh, I got a little theme for you here. Uh, hold on. Do I? Maybe I don't. All right, there's your theme for today's episode of spoiler talk about suicide squad justin saw the movie about 30 minutes ago before we do that though let's quickly do uh some uh some business here uh justin what pimp things do you have before we do that oh man uh number one i i thank you to everybody ton of tms people came out and said hi at gen con Mm -hmm. we had our exclusive little pop-up shop at the escape room in indianapolis do yourself i'm gonna plug something that i don't even get any money from Mm. Uh, if you like escape rooms, uh, you know, a top notch, uh, five of them are right there in your back door. If you are in Indianapolis, go ahead on, find them on uh, Twitter at, uh, escape room indie. There are a few that are in the neighborhood now, but this is the OG, the super awesome one. And they helped us out. So, uh, go ahead and check them out at escape room indie. They're at 200 Meridian street, right between the uh, convention center and the basketball arena. Uh, but they, we're, we're super great in helping us out with the, with the, the, the contender, which of course you can get at the contender dot us. Uh, Scott, you want to hear, I demoed this thing so many times I came up with a new way to describe the contender. Uh, yeah. Give it to me. I've not, I've not heard this yet. It is a natural language, social party card game that does not require improvisation. Oh. And I thought that that was an interesting way to put it. And, and uh, we talked to a lot of, Gamers, God, it was so much easier to talk about this game to people that actually play tabletop games as opposed to political events where you had to convince people that card games were fun. Um, it, it was, it was, it was really, really great. But yeah, if you like Cards Against Humanity or Apples to Apples, but you are tired of them going stale so fast, or you like Super Fight, but you are tired of the big, uh, big personalities rolling over the small personalities because it's so improv heavy, then you will love the contender. Nice. Uh, real quick, I would just remind people that we are now uh, heading briskly toward our third episode of the Bleacher Report Rally Point podcast, which is an esports podcast, competitive gaming podcast, airing twice a week. We do this for Turner Broadcasting, and it's myself, Brian, and Seven, hosting these every couple of days. There's been tons of tournament this weekend, so if you guys want to get the latest and the greatest, a uh, place to go find that is on Twitter at uh, BR Podcast. Oh, wait, no, hold on. Do I have that wrong? Rally Point BR, sorry. And uh, you can go to rally, or you can go to bleacherreport.com slash esports and you can find all that stuff there. Wait, wait when did this happen? Well, I've been while, you for were, so long. while you were running around doing your thing. It's actually been in the works for a long time, but it finally got greenlit. And everything. I was, I was, uh, that was kind of amazing because you said Bleacher Report. And I'm like, wait, does Scott know the Bleacher Report's like a thing? <laughs> yeah, and then it turned out it was for Bleacher Report. I thought you just named a podcast Bleacher Report. <laughs> no, no, it is for them by, you know, they're, this is, it's a, it's a paid gig for Bleacher Report slash Turner and, and kind of a big deal. We've been working on it for a long time. Finally came to fruition. We're two episodes in. 
Nice. All about pro gaming. Well, everything when, from... when we're off air, I want to. I want to find out how much you're getting paid for that. That's well, good. we'll, we'll That's talk about gig. it. It is a good gig. Uh, t- uh, pff, everything from CCGs to FPSs to MOBAs to whatever's happening in hot esports action. So go check it out over there at BleacherReport.com/esports. Okay, Suicide Squad. Yeah. Here's... So here's here's how I want to do this review. All right, go ahead. You ask me questions. I'm ready. And I will just answer. I will answer all your questions about suicide. Here's what I. Okay, okay. Here we go. Um, how much of the movie, but percentage-wise, is focused on Deadshot or whatever his name is? Is it Deadshot? Yeah, Deadshot. Deadshot yeah. and uh, yeah. Deadshot and and what's her name? Mallet woman. And and Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. Eighty percent. Okay. <laughs> of the movie is is them. It's funny because at the very, very beginning of the movie, they have this, uh, you know, Viola Davis is going over with her Pentagon buddies, which you see in the trailer. Uh, her, But she, like, pulls out the dossiers yeah. of everybody and yeah. she's telling their stories. And Deadshot is first and he gets, like, a solid little, you know, uh, five, six, seven minute little vignette. And then there's Harley Quinn and she gets a solid five, six, seven minute vignette. And then all the other characters get like a minute and a half. It's <laughs> just like, like, you know, like a dead shot, Harley Quinn. And then you're like, oh my God, how long is this dossier thing going to go? And then it's like, right. and then there's, I don't know, fireman and crocodile person <laughs> and, you know, the other guys. Uh, hey, there we go. We're done. All and right. So they're, so, the so they're the professor and Marianne of this scenario, the rest of them. And so it's, 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 it's a uh, dead shot. Mm-hmm. Harley so, Quinn and the rest. That's how it goes, right? Sure. I mean, uh, effectively, there there are a little mini character arcs to, to stuff, but that's in terms of the proportion. This is, uh, you know, really their story with, uh, you know, in in descending order. Then Rick Flag, who is uh, their handler with special forces, and uh, Viola Davis, and then and then maybe a little bit for uh, El Diablo. Okay, so. Um, is the movie better or worse than Batman versus Superman? In your opinion, of course, all very subjective. Uh, well, no, it, it's an objective proven fact that Batman versus Superman is a terrible film. Um, <laughs> and uh, for anybody who wants to say, go watch the extended edition, uh, I, I don't I, no, I You're not going to trick me. Not again. <laughs> You've already gotten me to watch the movie once. I will, will not be tricked into watching it a second time. All right. Uh, it's better, but it's not good if that makes sense yeah it does um, i mean that's not a hard that's a low margin to be worse than or as bad as so i'm, I'm glad it's to the hear. first time that i walked out of a movie saying you know you, you batted 500 mm. in this dc in this new dc universe mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. it was like you know uh, it, it wasn't like batman vs superman where i was just like i had laughed so hard at a moment that I thought was so terrible, I was crying literal tears. Martha, was was the Martha so bit had to be the Martha. At Martha, bit. at Martha, I was mm. laughing. I, I made Brett, the Amtrekker around Seville, like check my face to prove <laughs> that I was actually crying because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> I would love to have seen that movie with you for some reason. It seems like uh, that would have been a oh, good time. Oh no, it was actually. I have very fond memories of watching the movie, yeah. but it was only because I had, it had been so savaged. That I was, I went in with zero expectation, and yet was still blown away by some of the decisions that they made. Who has more screen time? Next question: Who has more screen time, Batman or the Joker? Uh, the Joker does, and Batman is involved in the film, but he's not uh, any. He's he has about as much relationship 
to the characters as like he's you know seen chasing after Deadshot and chasing after the Joker. Mm. In fact, he's the reason why both of them are at the facility. Okay, so or sorry, Harley Quinn. Okay, but he's but but the Joker feels like he's hardly in it. That's what I keep hearing. Well, I mean. Yes, he is hardly in it if you compare him to the rest of the members of the team, but he does play a fairly persistent role in the story. Okay. Um, you know, he is involved in the story and he is he is bringing uh, you know, various points to a head. Does he how okay, so now that he's like the third iteration of memorable jokers. He also he also texts in all caps. Holy shit. Okay. In the movie. And not all emojis. I expected emojis for some reason. Not all emojis. Although I think his icon when he's texting, him and Harley Quinn text back and forth. Oh, and uh, uh, You're kind of I making me hate myself right now for even asking. It's not terrible in the way that it's done. Okay. Like I don't, I don't want to make it. There's a lot of just like hot topic poserism in this film, yeah. but this, that's not necessarily a, a, a great sin. Okay. But in, in terms of the texting. It only gets you the the outer ring of hell. That one, that's in. Yeah, no, I mean, really, like yeah, maybe the, uh, the 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 real like we're we are trying about as hard as we possibly can. Moments are, uh, you know, when uh, Will Smith winks at Harley Quinn to stay evil, cutie. Oh Lord. <laughs> okay, uh, is the Joker any good? Meaning, is Jared Leto the hot new Joker, or is this? A- bad thing compared to previous iterations so that's a hard if we're going to rank jokers i think he would be the worst one but that is more like it's it's tied between him and jack nicholson because i didn't really like jack nicholson as the joker i just thought he was playing jack nicholson but ultimately i would rather watch jack nicholson be jack nicholson than jared leto be this kind of, you know, sort of, he's very over the top, like any of the elements that are really interesting, which he kind of, I think this is easily the most sexual Joker we've ever seen in live action. Not only because, I mean, he's, uh, he is in this movie because of his relationship to a woman and there are these love elements, but there's also a lot of him, you know, at one point he offers uh, a rival gang member the opportunity to sleep with Harley Quinn and Harley <laughs> Quinn is kind of into it. And uh, then, you know, uh, hijinks happen. And then in another moment, he is, uh, you know, interrogating somebody. And, uh, you know, as he kisses the Joker's ring, the Joker then sits in his lap and in a, in a, a semi suggestive kind of way, wow. um, there's a lot of face touching. It might be the most face touching Joker that we've ever seen and not just kind of around the face, but mm. a lot of lips and nose touching really? very intimate touching from the Joker. Weird. Okay. Yeah. It sounds like a Jared Leto thing. He may have brought to the table to me for whatever reason. I think some, it, it does feel that like, this is maybe the most at the same time, it, it feels like a real person going conventionally crazy if that makes sense or you maybe even conventionally debaucherous okay because like he has a lot of gold jewelry mm. he's got face tattoos he's got colored guns at one point him and his cronies break into a secure facility with SWAT team gear that instead of saying police on it says Joker on it like <laughs> somebody had to order that and you know so this is very much more of an organized crime version of Joker okay 
than anything. Else. All right. I'm actually, as much as I, you know, as much as this movie has disappointed me from afar and I've yet to see it and I'll see it tomorrow to reserve judgment. Um, he's more, he's the most compelling thing for me. I want to see what that's, what's up with that. So don't go if you just want to see that. Yeah. Cause that's, I mean, like, cause I'm not going to get a lot of it anyway. Right. Like just, he's, he's there, but you can tell fairly quickly why he's there. And he ultimately, except for one moment, has almost no interaction with the main plot. Okay, so what fi- uh, final question I can think of. Does Will Smith's Deadshot constantly find himself saying, oh, hell no, and things like that? Does he do Will Smithisms in this movie? It's it, There is some Smithy-isms. Mm. Like, I don't... He, he has this extended jag and callback to criticizing people's leadership in comparison to former Bulls and Lakers coach Phil Jackson. Okay. Um, and I, I don't know if that was in the script or Will Smith is just really into Phil Jackson. Um, so there, there is some of that. And then also, of course, he does uh, say the titular line of the movie and, and just says like, huh, so we're some kind of suicide squad, huh? <laughs> And he, call, um, and he says, what kind of joker? He says someone's a joker for having guns or something. I don't know. I mean, like, I, I don't remember a line like that. But but this kind of brings me to my larger my larger point. All right. I walked out of the movie not hating it like I did Batman vs. Superman. Uh, here's the, the, the issue. It's not a terrible film. It's just a movie that every inch of it has been done better in another movie. Mm. And almost more specifically in another movie that's come out within the last five years. Like like what? Gar- Guardians of the Galaxy is a good example? Well, that's probably the biggest one. Yeah. And, and, and specifically when you look at the motivations of the characters. And this has been a kind of a general problem for me in a lot of the summer blockbusters. Is that all these actors or all these characters are so passive. Mm-hmm. Everybody, everything else is happening to them. Everything else is moving them along in the plot, and they are agreeing to it and going along with it. Even in a movie where, theoretically, the world's most dangerous criminals are allowed out into the streets under the the supervision of various people that, you know, they threaten they're going to kill them. Sure, they talk a lot about, like, hey, man, let's just walk free, Um, but they never really make a move on it. Mm. You know, they, Mm. they... they, they, or at least they do it when it is like the most typical to do it. Mm. Like, you know, there is a scene wherein uh, a helicopter crashes and a main character gets kidnapped that has knowledge of this whole situation. All right. And all the Suicide Squad are walking through the city and uh, Deadshot sees the, their crashed helicopter, notices the big binder of information and uh, gets, you know, reads apparently all of it immediately (laughs) and then like in stride and then runs up to their special forces handler and demands that he tell the rest of everybody why, what they, what he knows, you know? Uh And so he does, which basically just leads them into like the very traditional like end of the second act, beginning of the third act, all of our heroes walk their separate ways 
and and now they have to rally each other to to get up for the final fight. Uh, I don't want that. I don't want uh, that. Which which is also an interesting kind of scene because it's that's a a moment where a very charismatic cast could have really shown up and instead they just kind of use it to make uh one of their characters kind of uh, roll through his backstory yeah instead of just having like that to me you know would have been a uh, and there was even there was a scene in the trailers where uh, everybody is like uh you know making an order for harley quinn in the back to like pour them a drink or whatever and uh el diablo says like oh just water for me and she like points at him and says like oh that's, that's probably a pretty good idea honey and that was like a really funny line that they cut from the movie for some reason but like uh i, I kind of wanted more of that because th- this movie is almost unwatchable unless the actors are as good as they are because uh, they are very charismatic i wanted more of an arc from harley quinn and i think ultimately if there is something that they could have done that would have been special and different and interesting it would have been making her character uh, a little bit more because her relationship with the joker is so much a part of the film, and yet we really don't get a lot of it. In fact, as the, the movie wears on, all we do is see the Joker kind of be like the worst abusive piece of garbage to her ever. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, he always comes back for her, but like you almost want her to say, no, like I, this is a bad, we, we want her to be happy. And we want, and that means she should probably reject the Joker. So, yeah, yeah. like, there's a moment at the end where you know they they could have had that moment highlighted, uh, and and she just runs off with him, and <sighs> and that's and that's something that I found a little bit not necessarily frustrating, but kind of money left on the table. Sure. Sequels? You think sequels then or no? Without a doubt. I okay. mean, it made a ton. It made a bit, a bunch of money on week one. Uh, they they end it on a on a place where they can do it. Will Smith is going to want to do another uh, version of it, and it's easily Margot Robbie's most high profile thing. Uh, she is a a star on the rise, and I could I would be shocked if they did not do another one. Yeah, she's great. I like her a lot. So I'm um, I mean, obviously she's a huge draw for this, and negative reviews seem to almost do the opposite. People went out in droves. So it seems like you know you guys didn't exactly win the summer movie draft yet. Not exactly. Well, see, I mean, it's, it's it certainly, it's certainly tightened up, yeah. uh, you know, but, but, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to have this be a mega negative review because I didn't walk out hating it. Yeah. And um, you, and you it, walked out hating BVS. I, I mean, it is an objective piece of shoot. It is terrible. <laughs> it is bad. That's Justin in an airport for objective piece of shit. Everybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, it is, that's, garbage yeah um this is it it's it's just i I think i tweeted it's remarkable for how unremarkable it is yeah it's unfortunate real chance here don't you think a real opportunity i mean yes and no like i I don't know what my expectations are for dc you know but also it's like it's sort of hard to do this movie when the best version of this movie ever made came out three years ago and we're going to get the sequel to it in like four months, you know, here's, here's, I I think my largest problem in comparing it to guardians of the galaxy 
is like, here, let's just run through the characters of Guardian, Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. And, and we can just have this conversation. All right. Uh, from, from the bottom up, Drax. What is Drax's motivation throughout the story of Guardians of the Galaxy? Uh, my recollection is that Drax is all about uh, revenge and, getting, and killing people. Killing, killing uh, Thanos and and what's his butt? Yeah, he got. He has yeah. to get his. He has to have vengeance. Yes. And so that's why. And so now, because he is singularly minded, he is probably the the quickest to fray from the group. Yeah. Because he's not there for the group. He's there for his revenge, and they are tools. Yeah. Because he has this warrior race. The minute right? the, the minute they de- deviate, he's like, okay, I'm out, and he keeps going the way he's going. Uh, Gamora. What is Gamora's story? Oh, I don't remember her dad. Uh. She was green. Uh... Well, here, I'll help you. Gamora's story, Gamora's story is that she, her family was murdered, yeah. and so she is, is kind of secretly looking for a surrogate family. But uh, that, like, that softness is tempered with the fact that she is of this warrior race, and she wants to kill the people that, that killed her parents. So another revenge thing, but different from Drax, in that although Drax's family was killed, he denies the fact that he kind of wants this family. Gamora very much is is kind of seeking other people and is therefore the one who is going to be more charismatic. Right. Uh, Rocket is there for the money. Groot is there for Rocket. And Peter Quill is the, the glue that holds everything together because right. he not only has no family, he has no planet. Right. 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 You know, he is always he is the hole in his heart is the planet size of planet Earth. Right. Um, and, and so there's this humanity and when they face adversity we can see why one person's going left and one person's going right and one person's staying stationary uh in in suicide squad you know some people are kinder than others but otherwise there's just kind of a lot of them winking at each other saying like yep we're bad guys we do bad stuff Mm. and it's you know there's a place for that i think you can tell an interesting story with that idea i just wanted to see more of them. For example, El Diablo in the film is very repentant about his past and mm. he's very remorseful about his past and he doesn't want to use his superpowers. And that is a cool character trait, but it's the most boring application of it because it's not like when we meet him, he's treated any differently right. than the other like than the other characters. It would have been cool if he was like the prison librarian or something, you know, and or or he was trusted a little bit more than the other people and then he can be a go-between when things start fraying because he wants to keep it together and he believes that this is a moment of redemption for him right you know right uh so you know they, they put their characters in fairly interesting positions they just never really flesh them out there were good great character work but not a lot of great motivation mm. well my hope is uh whatever comes next from them will be uh, perhaps better than this. I'll reserve judgment, of course, till I see it tomorrow. Uh, but I, you know, I can't say I'm jazzed about it, or I would have seen it before now. Um, you know, I, I'm yeah. Just, I'm just I mean, I, feeling here's, it. here's I, let me just kind of meta meta to explain why the reviews have been terrible. Mm. Whenever anybody gets fired up about reviews and critics, especially like where the line of what a critic is now compared yeah. to like when you know 20 years ago. 20 years ago, critics were you know, 40 people that worked at newspapers and television stations. Yeah, you could name them all almost. You know, now it's yeah. everybody with an opinion. So yeah. 
the idea that we're like, oh, the critics don't know what they're talking about. That's a different sentence now than it than it used to be. Yeah. But here's what here's what has remained unchanged between then and now. Critics see every movie. Mm-hmm. And so critics will always overrate things that are different, but maybe not great. And they will always underrate things that are the same, but competent mm-hmm. because they will always, they will, they've seen so many movies that like for me and you for like, eh, that's kind of similar to this thing. Imagine if all you had to do was watch every crappy <laughs> version of guardians of the galaxy yeah, there are plenty and of them. every crappy version of the Avengers. Yeah. And like, so a movie that is one part kind of knockoff of guardian of the Gal- guardians of the galaxy that then puts our characters in basically the third act of the Avengers where they're just in the middle of a wrecked downtown facing literally faceless uh, henchmen of the main villain. Like they don't have faces. Um, That that's where they're like, Oh my God, we have seen all of this and so much of it doesn't make sense. Hmm. All right. Well, I'm, I am. Yeah, I'm going to see it. I'll see. I don't know. So not necessarily ringing endorsement, but you're not saying it's garbage and that's, that's good. That's okay. It is not Batman versus Superman. Sure, and you know, that is the highest compliment I can pay. It's a pretty high compliment. Um, extended version or not, folks. Don't don't be fooled. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. We're going to we're gonna get out of here. You've got a plane to catch. Uh, and, uh, you know, getting home for once in the last 30 days or something. I so know. I'm people, not going to be going anywhere until Dragon Cat. You guys will need to check out uh, TMS tomorrow because I'm guessing we're going to talk a bit about what you've been up to. So that'll be fun. Hell yeah. Uh, also found out why I don't like Trump and I want to tell you on the air why. Uh-oh. I mean a definitive scientific why I don't like Trump at all. And then we can spend another 10 minutes talking about how you wish Mitt Romney had run for president. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. Why not? Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, you've all been wonderful. Thanks you everybody for calling in. Keep that number handy, won't you? 801-895-4724. Please find Justin on Twitter at Justin R. Young. Find me at Scott Johnson, the show at Hotline Monday. Email is hotlinemonday at gmail.com. I think it's going to do it for us. Uh, Justin, any final words? Uh, Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Have a safe flight home. is part of the frog pants network get more at frogpants.com diamond club hopes you have enjoyed this broker <laughs>